Romans chapter 16, verse number 25. If you're there, say amen. 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 Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. According to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. I know this is a dangerous subject, but uh, especially in today, but um, I want to preach on we need a revelation. And uh, I, I don't want for you to think for one second, I don't think I'm in a oneness apostolic church or in a church that doesn't believe in the power of the name of Jesus. I'm not saying that at all. So hopefully you can preach with me past my title and I'll show you what I'm talking about here in a second. But I feel like if there's ever a day that the apostolic church needs a revelation, it's today. We need a revelation. Amen. I'm just going to make myself home. If you'll put your Bibles down, lift your voice, your hands, clap them, whatever you feel like normally you do. Jesus, we love you. Lord, I can't do anything without you. I definitely can't preach without you. I need you to help me, Lord, tonight. God, you're going to have to speak to your people. You're going to have to make yourself known in this house. God, you love these people. You know each and every one of them by name. You know the hairs on their head. I'm asking you, Lord, right now to unfold the glory of the Lord in this place and let the power of God reign in this house. In Jesus' holy and mighty name we pray. Somebody shout amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. If I can, I'm just going to jump right in the Word of God, if that's all right. Amen. The word revelation is something that we find out over and over again. We see it named at the end of the entire Bible, the book of Revelation. But there's revelation used throughout the entire Word of God. And the word revelation, I'm sure you know, is apocalypsis, which is the removing of the veil. If you go down to the basics of it, it's the removing of the covering or the thing that covers the power of what God's wanting to do. And today we step to this pulpit knowing that revelation is not something necessarily that we always are needing as far as the oneness of God in Christ. I believe with all my heart we know that. And I believe with all my heart you know that the only way there is neither salvation in any other name for there is no other name under heaven among men whereby we must be saved, the power of the name Jesus. But today we come with the mindset that we need a revelation. And when God begins to unveil things in the church and unveil things in the spirit, there's always a reason and a purpose. There's always something he's trying to do. Abraham had a revealed secret given to him by God. He literally looked at the angels and he said, Should I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do here? Or should I share it with him? And and Abraham was in a place with God that I want to be in, that he was willing to reveal secrets that he was getting ready to do, not only in Abraham's life with his destiny, but in the world, in Sodom and Gomorrah. He wanted to show Abraham, Look, I believe in you and you're my friend and I'm going to reveal things in the Spirit to you. And today we need a revelation like that. We need to walk with God like that. I told my church, I said, you know, there's three prophecies at the Azusa Street, and your pastor might have preached on it before or today or whatever, but there's three prophecies at Azusa Street that shake me up, and one of them is that we would praise a God that we never pray to. And I don't know about you, but that shakes me that we would have a, a church that has a way to worship but no relationship with the person they're supposedly worshiping. The only way to have revelation is not lip service in the house of God, but walking with him at home 
That's the way he will say, look, you know what? I'm going to reveal some things to you that, that's going to blow your mind and show you things in the world that you won't even know is coming. I believe that with all my heart. Moses had a revealed revelation of God and his name and his glory. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy 29 and 29 that the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us. We have some things that are among us that has been revealed to us that is belonging to us. God is willing to reveal his secrets in this house tonight. And, and I want to be in a place with God that he reveals his secrets. I want to be in a place with God where he whispers things he's getting ready to do. I know I'm, I'm out there a little bit, but I believe with all my heart that God can have you in such a relationship with him that he'll tell you something that's getting ready to happen before it ever comes to pass, he'll tell you. I believe that. God will share both heavenly secrets and he will share earthly secrets. He'll share things in the heavenlies, things that we now grasp a hold of. Amen. Moses got to know the name of God. Amen. He wanted to know his name, got to know the name of God. And, and we see that he reveals secret things to, the, to Moses. And then we see it, he sometimes reveals earthly things. Daniel 2 and 18 said, They that would desire mercies of God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. He's going to remove kings and set up kings. He's going to give wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He reveals the deep and the secret things. He knows what's in darkness, and he knows how to make light dwell and bring it to the light. I find it amazing. Is it all right if I take this off? I don't want to be in a bad place here. But uh, I find it amazing the longer I pastor... The more people think they can hide things from the things of God. I find it amazing the longer I pastor, the more people think that what's done in the dark stays in the dark. But the reality is, is God has a way of revealing things that are done in secret and bringing it to light. He has a way of knowing the end from the beginning. He knows the way that we take. And he knows our downsettings and our uprisings. I know I'm not here to pastor tonight, but I come to tell you, you got to be very careful when you think you can hide things from God or the man of God you got to be very careful because God knows the secret things. He knows the secret caverns of your heart. He knows everything about you. And He has a way of revealing things and bringing it to light. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that He reveals earthly things. But I'm even more thankful that He reveals heavenly things. Mm, I'm starting to feel some help in the Holy Ghost right now. When Jesus comes to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he stops. And before he goes to Caesarea Philippi, he wants to make sure that he is going to talk to Peter for just a second. Because he knows he's going to take Peter to Caesarea Philippi where the gates of hell are. And he wants to know, before I take you to the gates of hell, are you going to know some of the things you need to know? Can you get secrets revealed to you? And so he asked Peter, he said, let me ask you a question, son. Who do men say that I am? He said, well, some people say that you are John the Baptist. And some say you're Elias. And some say you're Jeremiah. One of the prophets. He said, well, let me ask you this question, buddy. Who do you say that I am? He said, well, that's easy. Thou art the Christ. You're the anointed one. 
You're the one that sits on the beginning of nothing. I know who you are. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, look, that ain't flesh and blood that's revealed that to you. That's a heavenly secret. That's something you couldn't have got from any old person. That's something that only came from God Almighty. That's something that came from being alone with me. Being in a time of prayer with me. Revealed secrets come. And it's beautiful when God starts to show us things in the Spirit. It's a beautiful thing. And so he said, look, because you've been alone with me, because you know me, buddy, I'm going to tell you something. I, I want you to not only know who I am, I want you to know who you are. Because if I'm going to build my church on a rock, I need to know that that man knows who he is in me. Because it's not enough that we just know about God. We need to know who we are in God. Yes, sir. It's not enough that we know Jesus is the Messiah. We need to know that we are the church of the living God. I asked my church today, I said, if we don't have it, then tell me who does. Because I want to know. This time is coming to an end here. I I believe with all my heart we don't have much longer. If they were preaching the coming of the Lord in Paul's day, we better double time it today. And in doing so, I want to ask you, who are you today? Are you a child of the king? Are you a child of God? He said, you're Peter. And upon this rock, on the rock of a revelation of a revealed secret, I will build my church. And the very gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. It cannot withstand the church of the living God. And he said, I'm going to tell you something else. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You see, revealed secrets brings with it authority, brother and sister Claire. Amen. Revealed secrets brings with it authority. I was praying in the prayer room. I know you guys have great teaching here, so this is old hat. But I was praying in the prayer room one day, and the Lord said, You know, heaven does everything first. They cried holy first. They cried praise first. And... They give glory first. In fact, when he taught us to pray, he said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. Say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, earth should be a reflection of the glory of heaven. That's why sometimes I think angels show up to Pentecostal churches and wonder what's wrong. Because we ain't reflecting what they're doing in the heavenlies. There's no holy escape in our lips. There's no praise escaping our lips. Mm. He said, we got to reflect the heavenlies. But then he dropped the bomb on me. He said, everything is going to be reflected on earth as it is in heaven except one thing. And that is whatever you bind. You got to bind it here first. He said, if you'll bind it here, I'll bind it there. And if you'll loose it here, I'll loose it there. Listen, that secret only comes after you tell the Lord, I know who you are and I know who I am. God starts to reveal himself. I feel with all my heart. I was praying over this church service. And the Lord told me what to preach here in Anderson. I believe God's getting ready to bring a revelation of not only who he is, but who this church is to some of the people in this church. Revival's going to come when we realize who we are.
I can't be anything but myself. And so I'm going to be myself for a second. But I'm going to tell you, I've been alone in rooms before where devils come and they try to bombard a church and you feel like you can't even hardly raise your hands there's so much heaviness I, I've been alone in places before where I fought some things in the spirit and I, I'm not trying to get out in left field and I'll, I'll, re- I'll receive any kind of correction here but, but in that moment you know there's always those moments where you are stunned in the silence and hell's mocking you and telling you're a nobody and you're a hypocrite anyway you don't even have the authority to cast the devil out of a wet paper sack and you know you hear all that stuff and and so you get there and you just well you know i'm i just come to pentecost sunday i'm hoping i can get a blessing i'm hoping i can get a touch from god listen i'm gonna tell you god did not come in here with you wanting to hope that you can receive something from him tonight if you've never received the holy ghost Tonight's your night to receive the Holy Ghost. If you need a miracle, I feel it. Tonight's your night to receive a miracle. If you need a blessing or a breakthrough, tonight's your night to receive a blessing or a breakthrough. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I feel in the name of Jesus some of you need to get into your family right in the middle of your living room and just start binding some things and casting out some things and saying, you know what? I know who I am. I'm a child of the king. I bind the spirit of hypocrisy. I bind the spirit that has tried to bind my church. I bind the spirit that has tried to come against my family. I'm going to tell you what else God said. When he's talking about binding and loosing, I shared this with somebody the other day. He said, he talked about binding and loosing, and then the, this ain't in my notes. Not this part, but I feel like saying it. He talked about binding and loosing, and the next thing he said was, if you're not with me, you're against me. And if you're not gathering, you're scattering. He said, there is no middle ground here. You can't come to church and sit on a pew and think you're not choosing sides. It's either heaven or hell. There is no in between. You've got to make up in your mind. Everything that's tried to bind my family, I bind in the name of Jesus. It's not by might and it's not by power, but I've got a spirit and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I got a revelation for somebody in this house. You're the greatest thing going. You're the greatest thing going. You're the greatest thing going. There's no other church like the apostolic church. Oh, yeah, I'm out here that high. Is this all right? I, I didn't even bring a time clock up here because I thought I'm going to have to look at my phone. I thought we'd have a time clock. You don't know me. I'm a long-winded rascal. I need a time clock. <laughs> here, here's where we're at. Oh, Jesus, help me. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. 
That word sound there in the Greek is the word echos. It's where we get the word echo from. He said, you know what came from heaven? The power that came from heaven was, I want you to echo what heaven's doing. And so when we speak with tongues, when we speak with tongues, we are echoing the heavenlies. And what God was saying is, listen, what's been going on up here, I'm going to release and let it go on down there. And when it goes on down there, there will be an echo. That's why you're never more... That's why you're never more profoundly accurate in your prayer or in your praise than when you let your Holy Ghost speak through you and you begin to speak in a heavenly tongue as the Spirit gives the utterance because God is saying, come on, echo what I'm doing. Echo what, that's why Paul said, I have tasted of the heavenly gift, which is to come. It's not here yet, but there's been a revelation revealed to the church. need a revelation if you've never had the Holy Ghost before you need a revelation you can speak with a heavenly tongue before you leave here tonight you can speak with a heavenly gift you can taste of what there is to come on earth that's pretty powerful right there Man, I feel like somebody just needs to do that. Is it all right? I know this ain't my church, but somebody just needs to do that right about now. They need to just let the Holy Ghost move them from the pulpit to the door. They need to say, you know what, devil? You've been trying to bind my life, but as of this night, I bind everything that's bound me, and I release the gift and the revelation of who I am in God. I know y'all singing. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. He didn't tell me I could make myself a home, but I sure am here. So I'll tell you what I told my church today. I said, you know what I'm afraid of? I said, I'm afraid we have messed up on this whole baptism thing. And it's not that we don't have baptism in water right. The word, I know y'all know this, just hang with me. Baptism is the name baptizo, which means to be totally submerged. We don't believe in rapizo because that means sprinkling. Right? So we, we, go, we go down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ. We get completely submerged, fully wet, buried with him in baptism. Right? But the Lord didn't just say, I came to baptize you with the Spirit. Or the, or the water. He said, I came to baptize you with the Spirit. So in other words, it's not enough to just speak in a little tongue every once in a while. If the, I'm just telling you what I told my church. If the Holy Ghost really gets on you, it's more than just a, oh, that felt good, and go home. It's something that should submerge you from your head to your toe. And I know this is not what I came to preach to Anderson, but I come to tell somebody, if we would get completely submerged, this man wouldn't have to counsel anymore. For all of you that don't think I can settle down and stop screaming, I'm getting ready to do it right now. God's granting an open door to this church. God's granting an open door to this church. 
One time the Lord took me into a throne room. And all over that throne room, I, in, the, in a vision, he took me in the vision. I, I, all over that throne room was, was gifts, great wealth. But in the middle of that throne was a great light proceeding from it. And uh, he said, you can have anything you want in this room. And I said, God, I want that light. I want that light. One year later to the day, he took me back to that same throne room in a vision. And when I got in there, it was the exact same thing, same light. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm going to lose some of you here. But he said, what do you want in this room? I said, Lord, I still just want that light. He said, well, here's the good news. If you'd have chosen the stuff, I'd have gave you gifts. But because you chose the light, the light comes with the gifts. I'm not call, I'm not blessing, I'm not blabbing and grabbing, I'm not trying to preach wealth gospel, but I am coming to tell you that there is things that God will do if we'll get our eyes on the right things to be revealed. And behind the open door for this church is a new and fresh anointing like you have never seen in your life. There's a glory that's getting ready to be revealed. We need a revelation. We need God to unveil himself and show us his glory. Uh, hang with me enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise so on the outside of the outer court you can praise God all day long and you can receive repentance and you can even get baptized and then you can step a further in there and there is some things to be revealed but everything's two dimensional the cherubims are two dimensional on the veil everything's two dimensional but when you walk past the veil when you uncover the holy place when you see the glory of God for what it really is everything becomes three dimensional now it's not just what you see it's what you feel it's what you can get a hold of it's tangible it's a revealed glory it's an unveiled power and here's the reality of it Paul said nevertheless when it shall turn to the Lord the veil shall be taken away now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty and here we all have to understand we hold now our face like in a glass but the, right now we just see reflected glory but if we can get to a place where liberty is, where the unveiling is, we can see the glory of God. Am I okay? I don't want to. Now, what I'm getting ready to say is very debatable. And so I know it's probably going to stir up all the Bible theologians, but, but uh, the word glory is the word kabald, it is weighted. It's not just the presence of the Lord. And I, 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 get, I get a little bit, it's, it's kind of my candy stick in a sense that, that when people say, man, didn't we feel the presence of God tonight? And I'm like, well, that's really not that big of a deal. Seeing that he's omnipresent. I know it's a cliche and I know maybe I'm doing semantics, but he's omnipresent. You, that's the reason why anywhere you bow your knee, you should be able to feel the presence of God. 
That's why when you're sitting in somewhere and somebody's doing a drama and you're sitting there and you go, hallelujah, man, that's powerful. And you feel something, you're like, man, that's God. That doesn't mean that the people that's doing the drama necessarily is anointed of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean that the glory of the Lord has showed up. It just means that you kind of reached your little feelers out there and touched him because he's always there. Trust me, you wouldn't believe how many times I was thankful that he was always there because I'd be sleeping in the back seat. My mom and dad, we'd be driving. My mom had this thing she would do. She'd slap the dashboard and call on the name of Jesus when we'd be in a pinch or a pickle. And, and uh, you know, one time I woke up, we were in the median. Our car was bouncing around. She's smacking the dashboard in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. You know, we came up out of that median. I was like, thank you, Lord, that you're always there. Right? He's always there. But what I think we want in the apostolic movement, at least what I want, is the glory of the Lord. I want the weighted presence of God. I don't just want where we say, oh, He's always there. I want such a strict, powerful feeling in our midst that I'm like, man, something's here. Where the visitor knows. There's nothing like the awesome presence of the Lord. But I want God to reveal Himself in such a way. I don't want to preach too many messages in one, but I will say this. The Bible says the wafers that came down from heaven, the man that came from heaven, it was called, man, what is it, right? What is it? Because it was anything pretty much that, you know, when they started out, it tasted like honey. But the more they complain, it tastes like oil. You can come to an apostolic church with your spirit wrong. And the same food that's feeding somebody else. The same food that over here, they're going, man, that face like honey, brother. St. Clair, Luke, St. Clair, just preach to me, preacher. They're over here just eating it up. And you're over here spitting it out because it's the same hand. It's the same revealed food. God's flowing down in the church. The problem's not the food. God wants to reveal himself to us, but the problem is, is the closer we get to Canaan, the more complainers we get, and the more people are spitting out what God's trying to give us. Mm, you know what I'm talking about. When we started in this thing, a preacher didn't even hardly have to do anything. He'd just say, hallelujah. You'd be like, you know, he'd say, God is good. We'd be out there, hey, man, that's great. He'd say, Jesus is the only way. We'd be preaching with him. Now he's got to pull out so many bunnies. and He's got to prove himself and triple prove himself and bring you so many stories and wet your fancy. And Back in the day, it wasn't that way. But today, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more people are spitting out the manna because they don't understand that God is revealing himself through the man of God. You don't like manna, you're not going to like the next stage when the manna ceases and now we're just eating in heaven. You can't amen the preacher now. How are you going to amen Jesus later? You can't eat of the heavenly food that's being shelled out of this black book that is called the Word of God. How in the world are you going to go up and see God? (laughs) 
That felt like home too. Hallelujah. <laughs> I knew when I was out in left field right there, I'd come back and get behind the pulpit. <laughs> Thank you, sister, for praying. Uh, Moses said, God, I want to see your glory. I'll make this quick. He said, I want to see your glory. And the Lord said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make all my goodness pass before you. And then he said, I'll also tell you this. I'll have mercy on who I want to have mercy. And I'll show my grace whom I want to have grace on. I want you to know, number one, I'm sovereign. So the reality is, is the glory of God comes when the goodness of God meets the sovereignty of God. That's why you don't feel the glory of God like you used to in apostolic church services across the country. Because they will not let God be sovereign in their service. They're all good about His goodness, but you cannot have glory with just goodness. You've got to have sovereignty as well. There is no way for you to say God is, is going to give us things and not say He is Lord over my life. And I'm going to tell you, I told this to our church today, but I'll tell you how you know that that's the truth. Because Jesus said, many will say that, they, they'll say, Lord, Lord, and, but He said, they won't obey me. Because you can say Lord all day long, but if you don't have Lordship, because Lordship is through obedience. Goodness and sovereignty. And he said, I'll tell you something else. I'll reveal my name. So the glory comes where goodness is, sovereignty is, and the name is revealed. Can I just go a little bit further? I don't know how long I've been preaching. Is it all right? If I can get three people to say five minutes, that's 15. I do math too. <laughs> so let me go a little bit further. When the glory shows up to Moses, Moses sees the glory of God and he says, you know what? What do you want me to do? And then the Lord reveals a tabernacle plan and a beautiful thing, right? And so Moses puts this tabernacle plan together. Now God gave this to me. I, I didn't get this from, from any book, so I, I'll, I'll take rebuke again on this, but... But, but I, I got this in prayer and, and, and study. And, I, and so when he gets this tabernacle plan, he brings it down and he gives it to the people. And he says, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to set the tabernacle up in the middle of the camp. And around the tabernacle is going to be uh, tribes. And each tribe is going to have a banner. Right? And, then, and then he said, I'll tell you what the, tribe, the banners are going to look like. One's going to have the face of a man. It's going to be a man. The next one is going to have the face of an ox. It's going to be an ox. Uh, the next one's going to have the face of an eagle. It's going to be an eagle. And the next one's going to have the face of the lion. We're going to take the dominant tribe and make them have the banner. And that's going to surround the tabernacle. And the glory of God's going to be in the tabernacle. Everybody with me? We go fast forward to Ezekiel. And Ezekiel is standing in the middle among the captives, bound. And he looks up and he says, Behold, I've seen the glory of the Lord. And the throne of God descending from heaven. And he said, the thing was, is there was these angels carrying the glory in the throne of God. And one of them had the face of a man. One of them had the face of a lion. One of them had the face of an eagle. One of them had the face of an ox. And so then we fast forward all the way to the book of Revelation. John sitting on the Isle of Patmos. He said, behold, I see the throne of God. And there's four beasts around the throne. And he said, one of them has the face of a man. One of them has the face of an eagle. One of them has the face of an ox. One of them has the face of a lion. It seems like the common concept is that everywhere the glory of God is, that around the glory of God are these four attributes. 
the four attributes that is there is, number one, is the, the man attribute, the tangible attribute, the touchable attribute, the reality that we all hurt. And anytime God wants to move, He moves through that humanity moment. There's also an attribute there where God is going to move, and that is through lying. I don't have time to do a Bible study, but I just bear with me. Is that all right? Just bear with me. I, but, but he goes through and he says, you know what? I, now I'm going to move through a lion. And you know the lion roars, and we know lion's the subject of Judah and praise. And anytime the glory of God is, there's always praise. And then we see there's an ox, and I'm going to tell you something right now, and I don't, I'm going to just hit this and move on because this isn't my church. But, but any time that you see the ox, it's, some, it's, 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 it's symbolic of unity, T- together up underneath a burden, to yoke together and to move as one. And you cannot expect the glory to move unless we see that there is unity going to be in the church of the living God. Praise in the church of the living God. And there's a tangible aspect to the glory. And then there's that reality of the soaring of the eagle. And I don't have time, but the wind that carries that eagle above the heights and, and the power. And the, the eagle is completely dependent upon the wind. Soaring. The Holy Ghost. And all this stuff surrounds the glory. So if that stuff surrounds the glory, then what does the glory surround? <laughs> the glory is also something that I want in my life so bad. I've been on an all-out adventure to grab a hold of it. And I realize that the glory comes one way. It comes through sacrifice. You see, the glory only came when sacrifice was in the tabernacle. The glory only came when there was a bunch of people bound. It looked like all hope was gone. And Ezekiel said, I seen. I was, in, I was by the river Chabar and I seen the glory of the Lord. I was among the captives and I know there's sacrifice there. And I realized that I had some sacrifice and things that I've had to go through. But, but the glory, I seen that. John's on the Isle of Patmos. He looks like a... He looks like a complete mess. He's got blisters all over him. He's, he's, got, he's, he's been boiled and all, all that stuff that you see in history. And yet John said, look, I've seen the glory. I've seen it revealed to me. And so I come to tell you that the only way the glory can be revealed is the same way the only way the Holy Ghost can be revealed. And that is there has to be a dying out of self will and the way that we reveal the glory is there's got to be something inside of us that dies and says you know what I'm not worried about me it's not about me it's all about him and so we start to die and as we die the glory of the Lord is revealed and the things that God begins to do can begin to happen in the church he can heal the sick he can raise the dead he can he can he can open blind eyes he can fill people with the Holy Ghost because somebody was willing to sacrifice you don't come to a church like this and think for five seconds nobody's sacrificing you don't feel what you feel in this place tonight and not think man somebody's been praying here man I hope I'm all I'm not messing up here but I'll just close my notes and tell you where I'm at in the Holy Ghost is that I feel like God wants to do something supernatural in this church. But the only way the revealing is going to come is when we decide that we're going to get rid of self. Paul said that the veil, when it ripped, it ripped from top to bottom. And he said, I'm going to tell you what the veil was. It was his flesh. Flesh has got to die for the glory of the Lord to be revealed. I'm going to tell you why we don't like our flesh to die. Why? Because when that veil ripped from top to bottom, I shared this with Brother Monday the other night. 
if he brought it here and shared it with you, I'm going to kill him now. <laughs> but I, 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 I shared this with him the other night. I said, I went to this uh, Holy Land excursion in, in Orlando, Florida, and uh, they had this huge model. It's probably... I don't know, probably about the size for me, the second row. It's, about, it's a pretty big size model. And, they're, you know, they, they can take the top off the upper room and all that. Well, they get to Herod's Temple, and they said there's something about Herod's Temple that most people don't ever think about. They said inside of Herod's Temple, there was no Ark of the Covenant. So they're having all these sacrifices. They're still doing, but there's nothing inside. And he said, so what they did, because they had no ark and they had no place to place the blood, Bishop St. Clair, they just painted a big X on the floor. And they'd bring the blood in on the Day of Atonement, they'd put it on that X because they didn't have any ark. And so he said, what was kind of wild is when Jesus ripped the veil, there was nothing to reveal. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, that's why people don't like to kill the flesh. Because when the flesh dies, you either have God or you don't. The glory is either there or it's not. And if the glory's not there, you know it because the flesh is torn. That's why most people never come to an altar of repentance anymore. They'll come down and praise God all day long. But you say, hey, we're going to have a time of repentance right here. We're going to repent of our sins. And people are like, I don't know if I'm going to go up there right now. I don't want anybody getting a hold of me and shaking me. And I don't want anybody hearing what I have to say. And... You know, I don't know what ever happened, man. I don't know ever. I had, a, I, had a, I had an elder. He was speaking over our bunch of young ministers. I was sitting there, and he, he said, you know, when I got saved, he said, all I knew is confess your sins. So he said, I was in Vietnam, and I was scared. And I remember mom said, confess your sins, and you can receive the Holy Ghost. And he said, I'm over there in Vietnam. I'm, I'm like, man, I got to confess my sins. So he said, I went into a closet. He said, I didn't know you could just say, God, forgive me of all my sins. <laughs> and he said, for two hours. <laughs> he said, for two hours, I was in that closet on my knees. God, forgive me for that. And forgive me. Oh, yeah, I remember when I hurt that one guy. Forgive me for doing drugs. Forgive me. And he said, I just went through everything. And he said, when I, <laughs> he said, two hours later, when I came out, he said, I was weeping, crying, everything. I came out, and he said, my buddy in Vietnam was like, <laughs> he's staring at me like, what in the world? <laughs> he heard everything I said. I know how that feels, man. I've been in prayer meeting before. I'm up there praying. I'm confessing things to the Lord. And I look over and somebody's sitting on the front row just staring at me like. I'm like, hey, this is a prayer meeting. We're supposed to meet and pray. Not a prayer. Watch me pray. That's not how this goes. <laughs> we meet and pray. And so I know how it feels. You get worried, man. You come up front. I don't want to tell a bunch of people what I've done. How bad I've been. But here's what Paul said. He said, some of y'all forget such for some of you. And. So I don't think there's anybody in this room tonight that would have the arrogance and the pride to look down their nose at somebody else when they're confessing, God, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. I messed up. I'm not done right. God, forgive me. Here's what we got to do. We got to rip at our flesh enough to receive a revealed glory. And if the glory of the Lord can be revealed, the enemy of the Ramoshikarataya, the enemy that comes in roaring, will meet another roaring lion named Jesus Christ, who isn't just going to roar. He's going to fight for us. The lion of the tribe of Judah will show up. Mm. when the glory is revealed all flesh shall see it together they'll know he 
Lord. What happens is we need a revelation. We need an uncovering. We need a ripping of our flesh. I don't know you. When I came in here, I was looking around. I'm like, my daughter, when we walked up, she's like, Dad, I've been here. I've been here. We've had church here before. I said, Sissy, I don't know anybody but the St. Clair's here. She's like, no, I promise. I've been here with my youth group. I said, well, great. I don't. So when I walked in, I'm like, I seen the Monday family, and I seen brother and sister St. Clair and brother and sister St. Clair and the whole royal family. And I, I was like, well, I don't know anybody else. So I don't know you from Adam. But I know what the Lord spoke to me in prayer. And I know what God told me to tell you. If you will rip at your flesh. If you'll tear at your flesh. If you'll reveal. If you'll get a hold of your flesh. And say I'm ready for some self-sacrifice. I don't care what I've got to do. I'm going to get a hold of my flesh. And I'm going to rip at it. And I'm going to reveal some things. I guarantee you this. God is going to reveal himself to you. There's a revelation that needs to happen in this church. And it's not the fact of who is the mighty God in Christ. It's the fact of who is the mighty God in us. I'm done. Can you imagine as those rabbis realized their hypocrisy had been revealed? What blows me away, Brother Luke St. Clair, is that a few chapters later, Paul's talking about the veil again. They put it back up. And that's what happens. We'll have a great move of God. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. And I don't know. It probably don't happen in Anderson. But you come back in on Wednesday night expecting that same glory. And it's like, what in the world just happened here? That freedom is not here. Victory's not here. That authority's not here. People aren't receiving the Holy Ghost easy anymore. And you're like, what? what? And you're checking yourself as a preacher. You're like, what did I do? What? And you go back to the prayer room. God, I thought you gave me that message. You're checking everything, man. Trying to make sure you're okay. The problem is, is we put the veil back up. What would happen? What would happen in the apostolic movement if that flesh would just stop trying to hide who we are? And just be real. Okay. I'm done. I'll tell you this. This is what the Holy Ghost is starting to show me. And it's probably just for Jeremy. But and I, if you're a drug addict in this place tonight, I love you. My sin... That I've done is, is, is not any, any worse or any better either way than anything you've ever done. God saved me just like he's got to save you. There is no difference. I love you. But I'm just going to say something real quick. It's amazing how the apostolic movement, when a drug addict walks in, they say, you need to go down to the front and you need to repent of your sins. And you need to confess your sins and you need to get right with God. Then he will fill you with the Holy Ghost. But you know how many times that because we've learned religion, we keep our veils up. And we don't ever come down and get real with God anymore. And we wonder why we don't feel God like we used to. Because we don't have revealed glory in our life. And I'm going to tell you, if we've ever been at the gates of hell, we are right now. 
hell has marched us right into this moment. We are standing at the gates of hell. And we've got to make up in our mind, are we the church or are we not? And the glory of God better be revealed in every service. And it cannot be revealed unless all flesh is going to get ripped out and the tabernacle of the Lord is going to be proclaimed in this building. Look, I've got nothing to hide. If I've got an X on the floor, I don't want it on the floor. I want the glory of God to be back in this place. I want the glory of God. I want the glory of God to be revealed. I don't want to be fake. I don't want to go through the motions. I I don't want to just have flesh in this thing. I, I want the majestic. I want the majestic glory of a sovereign Lord. Music can come. You see, the same way you receive the Holy Ghost the first time is the same way you get it the second, third, fifth, twenty-fifth, a hundred and fifth, one millionth in time. Every time you get the Holy Ghost, it's gotta come the same way. It's gotta come the same way. It's gotta be a time where we get down and we say, God, rip this junk out of my life. Rip the flesh away from Jeremy Van Lu. Everything that's in Jeremy that's not like you, I don't want it there, God. I need you to reveal your glory I told you I didn't come with a fancy word tonight I made a deal with God I just came with a word from the Lord whether you think I'm a good preacher tonight or not is irrelevant to me all I want to know is if I've delivered my soul and God's happy with me so what I'm going to ask this church is can you look in the spirit and see the open door right there there's an open door to FPC I said there's an open door to FPC and behind it is revealed glory there's power there's backslidden kids that come back there's children that are going to pray through there's people that are going to receive miracles cancers can fall off I'm not trying to hype you up but it's beyond the open door the problem is we've got a veil up and we're just sitting there with an X on our floor and what we need to make up in our mind right now is God nothing matters more than your glory I believe somebody can receive the Holy Ghost for the first time tonight if you'll just come down and say God I messed up I failed you I'm a sinner Lord I need you I believe somebody can have a revealed anointing in their life I believe somebody that felt like God was getting ready to take them to the next level can go to the next level in God I believe that somebody that's on the verge of following after the pastor and walking in a spirit of outreach and reaching out to the lost is getting ready to go into that level but before we go let's tear the veil let's get rid of the flesh the glory only is going to surround the sacrifice you might feel bound but it's time to bind the devil right now who do you say that I am Peter I'm going to hand this back to your pastor or your bishop who do you say that I am you're the Christ you're the son of the living God well I'm glad you know that Peter that's a revelation that came from heaven now let me give you an earthly revelation whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven 
Peter, if you can realize who you are and tear at that old Simon Barjona guy. Music will start to sing. If you lift your voice after a spirit of repentance, there's going to come a cry of Holy Ghost authority. And there's going to be an echo. There's a new and fresh. Get ready to be an echo. Come on, this church. How about she? Come on, somebody go.